My name is Craig Tim, and you're listening to The Craig Tim Show today. Each time we get together, I'll be sharing God's message on living the Christian life. Sometimes you may not want to be a Christian that day. Sometimes you may be struggling. Sometimes you may have questions that still have not been answered. And other times, you're just tired of being beaten down. But I am so thankful you're listening today. God wants you to be here. Why do you think you're listening? God wants you to be here. He has something to say in his message to you. And let's see what it is. Because in every city of America, there's at least one church with a building worth thousands of dollars. Whatever city you live in, I know that you're familiar with this kind of church. It's a stately, older church, probably in the middle of town, you know, with lots and lots of history to it. This church, it meets every Sunday morning, but with only a handful of people anymore. And they are mostly in the senior generation, we'll say. And they get together to have their, quote, service. They sing a hymn or two. And then one older stately gentleman gets up. He shares a few opinions of the events going on in the world today with some scripture they say a prayer together, a couple of amens, and then they off and go home. Probably out to eat first, and then they go home. Now picture this, this beautiful church in your community, and there's only a handful of cars there on Sundays. You have all these other empty parking spaces, the silent pulpits, the dusty pews, they're crying out for the days of when it was standing room only and the people couldn't stop talking about what was going on at that church and the whole community. Everybody want to know what's going on at that church. Today's message is life or death and the choice is yours. And we're talking about that church in your community. It's been dead for years, perhaps even decades. But it has been kept alive with an artificial life support system. The medical field doesn't even know how it works. But the church does because the soul is gone. The brain waves have ceased, but the mechanization keeps the lungs breathing in and out, in and out. And the heart beating, thump, 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 right? It keeps the beat going. And the door is open every single Sunday at 10 a.m. sharp. Why does this happen? Why are we so desperately afraid to admit the church might be done? It's run its course. It's had a great race in its history, but we'll do anything to keep the church alive as long as we can. It's as if the community of Christianity depends on this one church to stay open. And if the church dies, then we think that God has failed. And we cannot allow that to happen, can we? Why are we so desperate to keep the church going? Well, I, I know the church is special to Jesus. We are his bride. But I think that we have also lost touch with something else that is very spiritual. Death. Can it be that death is as spiritually right as life? And while we avoid the theology of death, doesn't necessarily mean the opposite of that is life. 
For life is not what you will find in churches that strive to avoid death at all costs. And I'm not sure how this happened, but way back sometime in history, we bought into the theology of safe. We think we should do what is safe for ourselves, our families, and for the existence of our churches. We've become convinced that anything unsafe is outside of God's will and is unchristian, and for us especially, it is just plain un-American to let this happen. A theology of safe is put into place as a defensive measure to avoid death. Well, this actually just leads us right down the path to self-preservation. I want to tell you something. Jesus is not about playing it safe. No way. Read his word. He's not about playing it safe. He is the one who said, I send you out as sheep in the midst of the wolves. Matthew 10, 16. I do not come bringing peace, but a sword. That's verse 34. These don't sound like family-friendly words to me, but they are words that shake us up way past anything safe. Let's look at the theology of safe for just a moment. We'll start with S, self-preservation. That's the mission, right? Self-preserve ourselves, self-preserve the church, self-preservation. We're all about that. That's the mission. A, avoidance of the world and risk. That sounds like that might be wise. That's There's some wisdom with that. Why would we want to avoid, you know, have anything to do with uh, a risk? But why are we the avoidance of the world, too? Hmm. Hold on to that. F, financial security. Now that is responsible faith. We don't want to give or spend any extra money that we don't have to. We are responsible for financial security. And E is education. Well, education, that means maturity. I am very mature. I must be educated. Or because I'm educated, I'm mature. How do you want to use that? S-A-F-E, safe. The theology is safe. Self-preservation, avoidance of the world and risks, the financial security, and E is education. Now, let me ask you, does this not describe many of the churches and ministries that some of us have encountered? Well, I, I know that I have. I'm sure you have also. Johannes Hockendijk, a Dutch theologian, once defined church's well-being as when she cannot count on anything anymore but God's promises. Now that is life. Self-preservation is actively choosing an alternative to the life of our God. It is a direct move away from the faith and the life-giving Savior that we know. God created us with an instinct for self-preservation. That's true, yes. It is not a sin to want to live. It is not a sin to want to survive. It's human instinct. But it is a sin to want to live without God's life source. Use your desire to live as motivation to die. For this is the only path leading to true life in God's mm, upside-down kingdom. Right? Self-preservation is a path to self-destruction, not life. That's it. Self-preservation is a path to your self-destruction. It is not about life. Jesus repeatedly said, He who has found his life will lose it. 
That's Matthew 10.39. As a consequence of the sin of self-preservation, literally tens of thousands of Christians and churches have been deceived into a kind of churchianity, if you may, that's carried out by men, for men, but they think all in the name of the Lord. When the servant of God, do you call yourself a servant of God today? Pause on there for a second. Do you call yourself a servant of God today? You see, when the servant of God is presented with the choice between self-preservation or the cross, and you're going to say, what? Yikes! Oh, Craig, can, 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 can you make that choice, folks? Can you? Or better yet, are you ready to make that choice? Interesting thought. Are you ready? We either follow Christ with the cross, or we do not follow him at all. There's no fence sitting here on this one, folks. You are either following him, or you are not. You choose. Remember, the choice is yours here today. He said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. The Lord speaking here. Luke 9, 23. Now, in one of Billy Graham's last messages, he talks about this very same thing, the cross. And this next section here is just a few snippets from his message I want to share with you. He says that, the cross directly confronts the evil that dominates the world. The cross does not suggest, it demands a new lifestyle in all of us. Now, we're not talking about the nice cross you hang on the wall or that beautiful diamond-studded necklace cross you wear around your neck. Now, this, this is Craig talking here for a moment. No, you know exactly what cross Billy Graham's talking about here. I know you do. We all do. He goes on to say, Sin is a disease in the human heart that affects the mind, the will, and the emotions of every one of us. Every part of our being is affected by this disease. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away, but in Christ, everything becomes anew. He will make you a totally new person. Now, after the Romans whipped Jesus just short of death, they made him take up his cross and carry it up that hill to his own crucifixion. There is no other salvation except by the cross of Christ. I want to say, folks, if you have a chance to pull this up on uh, probably YouTube, uh, you can Google it and find it. If you have a chance to listen to this complete message, I encourage you to sit down and hear him. He is as good as he's ever been in his final message here. It, it is very special. Mr. Graham also said, there is no other salvation except by the cross of Christ. So, if you truly want the salvation that Christ offers you, well, remember here that Jesus picked up our cross 
and he carried it, and he died in our place on that hill. Remember that? See, if you truly want what he, Christ, what he offers, then you, my friend, you need to pick up his cross and choose to die for him. Dying to self is not easy at all. I know. It's tough. And it just runs contrary to our instinctive response. Of course, self-preservation, the theology of safe, right? Choosing to not go on the path of death and instead choosing to preserve your life is in reality choosing death. We are just unworthy of Jesus when we resist our own death to self. He is willing to give his life for you and unless you are willing to return the favor, you will not deserve to bear his great name. I am so sorry to say it is not a one way here. If you're not willing to return what he's done for you, I'm sorry. So why is death so important then? Consider this. Without death, you cannot have resurrection. Without death, there would be no gospel or salvation or even life itself instead of the theology of safe. Perhaps it's time we should consider embracing the theology of death. I'm going to close with this one verse here today. John 3.16. You've all heard it. Scripture that most everybody's familiar. All the football games and the sports games, everybody's showing the sign. But do they really know what it says? And it says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Do you believe that? He loved the world. He gave his one and only begotten Son for those who believe in him. When you believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life life with Christ. I know this message speaking to you very specially today. You tuned in today of all days and you picked this message to listen to. There are some key phrases in here. There are some key words in here. There are some key thoughts in today's message that have struck a chord with you. I know it. I feel it. Because why did you pick this one? Think about that for a minute. God wanted you to hear this one today. He is there seeking after you. And if you are called Christian yourself right now, and you're having a bad time, you're struggling, or maybe you just need an encouraging word, I pray that today's message was that word you were looking for. Thank you for tuning in, not for me. Thank you for being obedient and tuning in for you. I pray that the Lord has given you the insight, the discernment, and the peace that you have been seeking for days and maybe even weeks from this message. But I do have to leave you with one more question. After listening today and processing what God is telling us here, and remember, you get to choose. 
right? So I ask you, what's it going to be? Will it be life or will it be death? The choice is yours.